Our scripture for this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray, and it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, but during my time in prison and in the defense and support of the gospel, God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with the knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. We are thankful for the gift of scripture. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight. For Lord, you are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, once upon a time in the land of COVID, a pastor on the south side of Indianapolis got a phone call from her superintendent while she was enjoying a lovely spring day during Holy Week, and she asked me if I might consider a new appointment. After the shock really worn off, she began to realize that this would be a move like no other. She had her take-in meeting, which is usually an extensive in-person interview-type get-to-know-each-other situation with the church leadership, she had that on a small computer screen via Zoom. And she began to ponder what kind of appointment this might be. And after a sad, half-hearted goodbye to her previous conversation and a drive-by farewell, <laughs> she moved into her new apartment without ever having seen it in person. And she met many of her new people while wearing masks and preaching to a camera or an email and Facebook conversations, and so many Zooms, so many Zooms. It was an experience like no other, and she would confess to you that it was rather a lonely time in ministry, as COVID kept a lot of those initial meetings and conversations at a distance. Yet she was welcomed with generous hospitality and warmth encouraging notes and smiling faces, even behind those masks. I could see them. So this pastor and her congregation began their season together, knowing that they would face uncertain times ahead. To be continued. And here we are today, friends. We persisted, didn't we? Yet ministry continued. And eventually those masks did come off, and I could see your real smiling faces, and we could get back to whatever the new normal was going to be. 
I am grateful. Grateful for the ministry we've been able to do together in spite of all the challenges. Grateful for the outside of the box thinking, the patience through times of change and transition, and for allowing me to be a part of your story, both as individuals and as a church. When Paul writes these letters to the church in Philippi, he's writing them from prison. And these opening words give us a glimpse of the joy that in spite of that he feels as he thinks of the people there. In fact, it seems that Paul's joy and gratitude is part of what is keeping him going in the face of persecution and oppression. Even more importantly, he writes that they have been his partners in ministry from the beginning until the current time. And he has not been in this alone. And with that important realization, Paul adds the one thing that he is sure about, that through the work of God, the good work started in each of the people there will be complete. And I imagine that Paul writes this with a bit of sadness, knowing that he may not live to see this finished project or even be a part of it. Yet he celebrates and trusts the good thing that God is doing, even if it is a work in progress. One of the most impressive landmarks in New York City is the Cathedral of St. John the Divine. Has anyone been there? I think I visited it when I was in New York City at one point. Well, some people call this cathedral the Cathedral of St. John the Unfinished. Even in its incomplete state, it sits at 601 feet long and 124 feet high. It features the longest gospel Gothic nave in the United States at 230 feet and the largest rose window in the country constructed out of 10,000 pieces of glass. There's a main sanctuary plus seven chapels and many more unique pieces of architecture. Construction on this cathedral began in 1892 with worship and activities starting there in 1899. The building wasn't open end to end until 1941, but even then there was much work to be done. Fast forward until now, it still sits in a beautiful but incomplete state. It has been plagued by financial issues, changes in building plans, wartime delays, and a destructive fire in 2001. But here we sit, 131 years from that time that the cornerstone was laid, and this massive church is still called St. John the Unfinished. I don't know about you, but I hate to leave things unfinished. Can I get an amen? Ugh. Yet, sometimes I look around my home or my office and think about the grand plans that I had for this or that project or the dreams I held on to for a future endeavor. But like many of you, sometimes I look around and I feel like one of my son's incomplete puzzles. We have many of those laying around our house, just laying on tables and things like that. And of course, we're having to pack them up right now. 
And it's sitting there on the table, and I'm left chasing the dog who decided to get a hold of a piece or two for a little snack. I think it's safe to say that most of my United Methodist clergy colleagues suffer from what I'm going to call this incomplete ministry syndrome when we are called to another church appointment. We look around and we see all these unfinished projects or works in progress that we will not get to finish or to be a part of ourselves. Instead, we entrust the work to those who remain and to those who will follow, and it is an act of faith to be sure. Instead of looking around and seeing these projects or ministries or tasks as incomplete, what if we looked at them as works in progress? After all, sometimes it's easy for us as individuals to feel incomplete or unfinished as we all fall short of the people that God calls us to be. We all fall short of expectations placed on us by ourselves or by someone else. And it is only by the grace of God that we face each day with the task in front of us and know that we do the best we can. We are, in fact, works in progress. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, called this moving on to perfection. It sounds intimidating, doesn't it? In fact, when each person is coming before the United Methodist Conference to be ordained, we are asked this question, are you moving on to perfection in this life? We all kind of hesitantly say, by the grace of God, we are. And we don't really know what we're saying, but we think, well, we're going to give it a good try, by the grace of God, right? It does sound intimidating, but it's really about acknowledging that each of us are works in progress, led along by the grace of God to finish the task before us as Christ's hands and feet in the world. It's that sanctifying grace that we each live into as a gift. And by the way, Wesley was always suspicious of anyone who claimed to have reached Christian perfection. He denied that he himself had reached it, and perhaps that's part of going on to perfection, to recognize that we aren't there yet. And none of us are. We are unfinished. But Paul reminds us that by the grace of God, we may be able to complete the task before us to the best of our ability. But in the meantime, we should not let our spiritual shortcomings derail us from moving on to perfection in love, from growing on in Christ, and being the church that God is calling us to be. So friends, today I leave my ministry here at Noblesville First and confess to you that it feels incomplete, unfinished, or cut short. But I also leave knowing that the works that have begun will see their completion through each one of you, through new leadership, through new people, new passions and new ideas, extravagant generosity and risk-taking missions. I leave with confidence, knowing that you are moving on to perfection and completion through the love of Christ Jesus. It's no secret here that my role has been one of kind of behind-the-scenes ministry. There have been ups and downs, 
There have been lots of changes and transitions and adventures into the unknown. To be transparent with you, my season here has found me struggling to find my true calling and role within this beautiful system that is Noblesville First. I believe that COVID had something to do with that, as well as constantly changing staff and programs and changing in my role and what I'm supposed to be doing. And being in the midst of a church trying to reclaim its vision post-COVID, as so many churches are. And with a new senior pastor coming in and that transition. And the role of the pastors are sometimes all over the place, as we know. So I want to thank those who came alongside me and had the courage to say, Me too. I'm struggling a little bit. I'm kind of lost. I'm kind of confused. And let's do this together. And this is a season. I want to thank each of you who acknowledged my gifts and empowered me to use them. I want to thank you for those who had conversations with me over Zoom. So many Zooms again. A lot of coffee, lunch, Bible studies, and in your passing by the church office to share a bit of yourselves with me. Thank you. Thank you for loving my extremely energetic and sometimes hard-to-handle child. He'll be up in a little bit. Thank you for being a part of this unfinished ministry project that we've been working on together. Thank you for the privilege of being called your pastor. My prayer for you today is the same prayer that Paul had for his people in Philippi so many years ago. My prayer is that your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters and so that you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. I have no doubt in my mind that this church is well on its way to moving on to perfection and finishing the jobs that has set out to do. John Wesley may even agree with me. I have no doubt that Teeter Farm will continue to feed thousands of people and counting right here in Hamilton County. I'm confident that lives will continue to be touched through our worship, through beautiful music, through soul-stirring sermons and radical hospitality. I know that children and youth will find a faith home here that is a safe space to be and where they are loved as they are. I see the preschool continuing to burst at the seams with children and families who need love and support. I see this church becoming a place where all are truly loved embraced and welcomed with no exceptions. Under Pastor Nicole's leadership and the current staff, I trust that this congregation will continue in risk-taking mission to those here in the community and beyond. I see this place becoming the prophetic voice that is so needed in this part of the world, embracing diversity, addressing real-world concerns, and being a church for all people to dive into a deeper relationship 
with Jesus Christ. We are a work in progress, yes. But from where I stand, God is in this place. And miraculous things are well within our reach. I look forward to seeing and hearing the good works that God will be doing through you. And I'm looking forward to traveling to the Holy Land with several of you as well. So you're not really done with me yet, all the way. As for me, I will not be far. Lapel is just a good 12, 15-minute drive into the country a little bit. So come see me. We have launched a new coffee shop ministry at Ford Street, and I promise I will buy you a latte if you come on by for a chat. In some ways, I feel as if I'm going back to my true love of ministry and being a lead pastor in somewhat of a smaller church. And I look forward to this new season of ministry and being able to reclaim that part of my calling. And it's always a good reminder that the United Methodist clergy vow to be this lovely thing that's called itinerant. And the bishop calls and we go. That's part of the deal. And that can be both a very scary thing and a very exciting thing, whether you are the pastor or the congregations that are involved. Trust and faith are always part of that equation for everyone. All that being said, I will miss each of you deeply and the time that we have shared together. As Paul says, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for you every time I pray, and it is always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in ministry in the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one that started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. So partners in ministry, I keep you in my heart as I say goodbye. Or as a wise mentor of mine always says, well, goodbye is just another way of saying, God be with you. God be with you. So God be with you as we begin a new season. And may the peace of Christ be with you all. Let us pray. Holy God, we give thanks for the ministries that we have done together And we give thanks for the ministries that are to come. Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this place that have been my partners in ministry. And now as we entrust them into your care as we say goodbye, I know, O God, that you will go with them and move on to perfection through your amazing grace. So, Lord, as we leave this place today, may we know that you go with us and before us. Continue to bless the ministries of Noblesville First. I know their future is bright. Send your blessing upon Pastor Nicole and the staff that are here. Continue to encourage, to guide, and sustain them. And may this church continue to flourish 
so that all may know of your grace, mercy, and peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.